Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Yes, we had some eggs around, but that was just for the kids. But we're here to teach the message of Jesus and him crucified and rose again on the third day. Amen. We want the world to know, and and this world needs it right now. They just arrested someone here in Juneau with with a carload of fentanyl. And we all all think about, hey, that's never going to come to Juneau. Brothers and sisters, it is here. Amen. And with it comes death and destruction. We need Jesus in Juno. Amen. We need Jesus in Juno. We're going to speak against that fentanyl coming here, but you know we already have so many things we're dealing with between alcohol and drugs and families breaking up. You know, we're not here to push an agenda or push this church. There's lots of great churches here in town. We're here to push Jesus. Amen. We're here to push not just Jesus, but a relationship with Jesus. Amen. We, don't, we want you to have a relationship with Jesus. We want you to get to know him. I don't Listen, I, I love it if you get to know me. One of the things you learn about me very quickly is that I love to eat. I know you're looking at me and you say, Pastor, you are so skinny. Where do you put the food? Amen? And I appreciate you saying that. I do. I appreciate you because I am skinny. This is, I, I've been exercising. This is my one pack right here that I've been working on. And so... I know you're looking at me and say, Pastor, you possibly couldn't like to eat. And believe it or not, one of the foods that I love the most are fry bread, which is uh, what I find out is actually very healthy for you. And if you add sugar on top of it, like powdered sugar and, and, uh, and jelly, uh, like strawberry jam or whatever, it actually makes your years longer. So I'm, I'm believing that today. So, but I talked to you about me. I talked to you about me because it's okay to know me, all right? And that's just one little thing about me. But I really want you to know Jesus today, okay? That's what I really care about. I, I, I want you to know who he is, okay? It's not really about me. I mean, getting to know me, you'll find out that I'm a pretty cool guy. Amen? Thank you. <laughs> Had to get some affirmation there. Thank you. <laughs> but it's more about knowing Jesus this morning, right? It's more about knowing who he is, about you having a relationship with him. Amen? And I want you to know, if you're a visitor in this church today, I want to say it over and over again. We welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. And we hope to see you next week. Amen? We hope to see you next week. Now, you, some of you are probably wondering, Pastor, when are we going to take up the offering? Well, today we're going to do things a little different. We're going to station our ushers at the back doors, and as you leave, as you leave, give your offering then, okay? We're going to do that at the end of the service. So some of you may choose to leave a few minutes early because you have something going on, and that's fine if you want to do that. Just make sure if, if you have an offering that you just give it to one of these fine ushers. There's Skylar back there. Skylar, raise your hand so people see you. That handsome young back back there. I, I appreciate it. You are Skylar because I don't have my glasses on. I'm assuming that's you. Okay. And then Fred. I can see Fred back there. I know that's Fred. So just make sure that you give that offering to one of our ushers. And, and hopefully you saw our ushers out there helping with the traffic and the cars. We actually should have did that yesterday. Uh, we had some uh, overflow. And uh, so it was pretty cool. God's just an amazing God. And we just appreciate what he's doing. So We're going to get right to the message this morning. Let's pray first if we can do that. Father, God, I feel you. I feel you, God. And Lord, whether this is the actual day that you rose from the dead, Lord, you know, that really doesn't matter, Father. We're just celebrating the moment. We're celebrating the moment, God, because it changed everything when you did this. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father, because you are gracious and you are God. I pray, Lord, let there be no distractions that take away from what we're about to do today. And, Lord, 
anoint me as I speak. And let us receive what you want to say. And God, I pray special blessing and anointing on our children's church workers. I appreciate them so much. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for our sound people, Lord, and our computer guy. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Amen. Amen. We got Nick and Nick on the computer and the soundboard. We appreciate those guys so much. If you can't tell them apart, just one of them's named Nick. That's all you need to know. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 16. So normally what we pastors do on a day like this is we, we like to go into a message about the resurrection. And we like to talk about the resurrection. So if you forgive me, I'm going to be a little different today. Because if you know me well enough, you know that I'm a little weird, right? How many understand that pastor's a little weird, okay? Thank you, Helen. <laughs> yes, pastor, I'm with you. You're weird. <laughs> Listen, we have a church full of weirdos, and that's okay, all right? Listen, to me, to serve Jesus, you got to be a little weird sometimes, okay? Because it takes great faith, okay? Now, I don't mean that as a derogatory term about being weird. That's just kind of who we are, amen? And so I'm a little weird, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present little, a little different message for you because I feel like the church is in a unique position right now. Guys, it's about to get real. It's about to get real. You know, and I know we preachers have been saying for all of our lives, the Lord's coming back, the Lord's coming back. Listen, I got my ear tuned right now for trumpet sounds, okay? I mean, I really feel like the Lord is like, I feel like God's about ready to say, okay, Jesus, go get him, okay? And here's the thing is I want you to go with me, okay? I don't want to go by myself. That's That would be bad. I want everybody to go with me, all right? I want to be able to present you to the Father and say, here is your church. Here is the sheep. Here is the sheep that you've entrusted to me, amen? I want you to go, amen? And I believe, I believe that we are in a unique position to change this city, amen? I believe we are in a unique position to do something for the Father. But right now in the church, there are too many that know about Jesus but don't know Jesus. You've heard of Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. You, you maybe come to church every now and then. Now listen, I'm not trying to make you feel bad about that, but I'm just being a little real here, okay? Listen, and I want you to know there's going to be some things that I say that may be a little direct, but I'm trying to say it in love, okay? Because sometimes people come Christmas and Easter, but we're going to address that today because if you really want to know Jesus, you can't just show up twice a year. you got to show up every day, amen? It's got to be a lifestyle. Now, again... That's not to make you feel bad, because we go forward this day, amen? We're going we're gonna to chart a new path together, because I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to experience who he is, amen? I want you to feel who he is this morning. I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he exists, he loves you, and he's coming again, amen? Praise God. But we... Are like these two disciples who are walking on the road to Emmaus. They're walking on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection, and they were confused about it. They were trying to understand it. Let me read the first couple of verses here, and we could talk about it together. In Luke chapter 24, verse 13, it starts like this. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day. This is after the, the uh, Mary talked about Jesus being resurrected that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Now back then, they, they walked everywhere, and they didn't have cars, and they didn't have cell phones, so they actually communicated with each other. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and, listen to this word, very important word, while they conversed and reasoned, Everybody know what reason means? It means logic, right? It means trying to understand something. It means trying to figure it out, right? You ever tried to figure out things in life? You, what's the one word we like to use? Why? Why? Can I tell you, there's some questions you're never going to get an answer to here on earth. 
There's some questions you're never going to understand here on earth. There's going to be some things that it's only going to be when we get to glory that we're going to sit down and say, okay, God, but we've already got the answers because he's already revealed it to us. Listen, I have questions for God. I want to understand some things, but there may be some things here that I'm not going to get. But they reasoned with each other. And then Jesus, so it was while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Here's where we are as a church. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. I'm going to say that one more time. Their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Some theologians actually think that Jesus came in a different image, like he wasn't the Jesus that they know. And and either way you look at it, it doesn't really matter. The important part is, is that they didn't recognize him. Randy walked in this morning, and I didn't recognize him because he's got a new haircut, right? Looks good, looks good. Don't make fun of him like I did, okay? Don't make fun of him. I mean, I made fun of him a little bit. You ever, you ever seen somebody you haven't seen in a few years, you don't recognize who they are? Well, these people were supposedly disciples of Jesus, meaning they walked with Jesus and they talked with Jesus, but because they were so focused on what just happened, they didn't recognize Jesus. See, the Bible uses this word, they did not know him. The Greek word that says that means to be fully Acquainted with. To know means to be fully acquainted with. That means you recognize them in every situation. That means you understand who they are. That means you see them in things that they've done, where they're going. You understand what they've done and how they've done it. They didn't know Jesus. Across the church today, in Juneau, in America, across the world, there are people in church this morning that do not recognize who Jesus is. They think Jesus is the music that we do, and they worship according to the contemporary music or the hymns. Or they think Jesus is the bright lights and the smoke coming out of the altar with smoke machines. Notice we don't do that. Or the, the, the flashing lights and all that. They think that that is Jesus. None of that is Jesus this morning. Jesus is who we serve, amen? They don't recognize who he is. And it makes me question, why are we going to church? Are we going to church to feel the ambiance? Or are we going to church to feel Jesus? Are we going to church because our conscience tells us that we need to do it? Because we feel guilty about it? Because maybe we haven't been in a while? Or are we going because we want to have a relationship with Jesus? Well, pastor, I can have a relationship with Jesus all by myself. And you're right. You're right. That is totally true. But you know what I have found? When you get among believers... When you get among people who believe like you do, amen, you know what happens to your faith? You know what happens to how you feel? You know what happens to the things that you do and say? You become closer to them and you become closer to Jesus. If there's anything that COVID taught us is that online church doesn't work. Oh man, we had lots of viewers. One time we had over a thousand people viewing our web cast or whatever it was called. We had over a thousand people. But guess what? If they're not having a relationship with Jesus, we could have 10,000 and it wouldn't matter. What matters is that we change, amen? It's not about the number we have here today. It's about how many commit themselves to Jesus and say, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to do the things that are necessary Now, some of you may be feeling uncomfortable right now like I'm attacking you, and I can assure you that's not the case. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm attacking the sin and the apathy that happens to us sometimes. I'm I'm attacking that part of us that tries to reason who God is. 
And I want you to understand, just like these disciples, they could not reason because they were trying to focus on what they could not understand, just like we do. We try to focus on things that we cannot understand instead of just looking to Jesus, amen? Sometimes you've got to walk in faith. Sometimes you've got to stand up and say, I'm going to do this thing. See, it's amazing because there's certain things that we can have faith in, right? I don't know how a car works. If, if my car were to break down, you know what I would do? Will, can you come over and help me? <laughs> I don't understand. You know, I know you put oil in it. I mean, I guess you do. <laughs> I'm not sure. And I know you fill up the tire, and, and the pressure matters. If you overfill it, it can blow up, right? Apparently. <laughs> I know that you have to use your turn signals. Come on, Juno. <laughs> Turn signals are actually there. They work, okay? <laughs> Listen, I do the same thing. Don't worry. My wife looks at me and says, turn signal. <laughs> I know that thing on the right is my gas pedal, and I know that thing on my left is a brake pedal. Now, see, to show you my age, there was another pedal to the left uh, that was the shifter for, for a manual shifter. See, I can drive that. That's, that. that's what we call a millennial theft device. They don't know how to do that, right? But I know how to drive a car, but to know how a car, if I were to go to the garage and they say, you need to buy an ulterior motor, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that, and I just made that up, by the way. You know, and they can lie to me, and I, you need a complete, you know, you need complete conditioner overhaul. Okay, because <laughs> I don't understand a car. But it's just because I don't understand it, does that keep me from getting in the car to go where I need to go? Does that keep me from sitting there? Well, I can't go because I don't understand you. Right? I need to go to the grocery store because I need to get some food. Amen? So am I going to let some car that I don't understand keep me from achieving my wonderful goal of food? Same thing with us, brothers and sisters. We don't understand the Lord sometimes. Even theologians don't understand the Lord sometimes. They argue about stupid stuff that doesn't even matter. And so I will tell you that we don't understand God, but that doesn't mean that we can't have faith in who he is and what he's done for us this morning. Amen? We need to believe. Amen? Because it's only by the Father... Through his son Jesus that we're going to get to heaven. There is no other way this morning. So my goal right now is to go to heaven. And for me to go, I don't understand Jesus sometimes. I don't get him sometimes. I have some questions. But my God, I'm going to follow him. Amen. I'm going to follow him when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I'm joyful. But too many of us, we try to reason about it. We try, to, we try to just sit there and say, well, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why? 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 Those are great questions, but they're the wrong question. They're the wrong question because they keep us from relationship. They keep us from relationship. See, Jesus approached them like he's approaching some of you right now. Right now in your spirit, as I'm talking, the Lord is speaking to you. Oh, praise God. Right now as I'm talking, the Lord is just gently, lovingly dropping little nuggets into your heart and saying, I'm walking beside you. I'm walking beside you. I'm here with you. I love you. I was there with you when you were hurt. I was there with you in joy. I am there with you right now. And some of us, we can't get past that. We say, well, God, I don't understand. And I'm going to tell you right now, our eyes are closed. We've got to open our eyes, brothers and sisters. You've got to open your eyes and be willing to receive. See, these guys focus was on the impossibility of there being a resurrection. Even though Jesus predicted that he would rise from the dead, they could not get past the fact that it was a miracle. We struggle with that, don't we? When I get up and I talk about healing, when I get up and talk about how God can bless you financially, 
When I get up and I talk about how God can restore you and your family. When I get up and talk about how God can bring healing to you. Brothers and sisters, there are here, those here this morning that God is restoring them in this church. It's not just me talking about it. God is doing it, amen? I want you to know that God is healing. He's restoring, amen? I want you to just say, if God's restoring you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and say, God is restoring me. Is that you? God is restoring you this morning. So don't take, don't take my word for it. I want you to take the word of the people around you who willingly raise their hands and say, God is doing something in my life. God is doing something in my life. These are just not some cleverly devised fables that we are talking about. Brothers and sisters, this is a real story. And see, I don't mean to yell and scream and shout, but brothers and sisters, if you only knew. Oh, man. If you only knew. I love that old song when we had children's church. I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. And the teacher would go, where? And we would scream at the top of our lungs, down in my heart. And then they would do it again, where? And we would scream, down in my heart. Brothers and sisters, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. I want to say it again. I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. That does not mean that my life is not hard sometimes. That does not mean that I don't suffer sometimes. That does not mean that I don't struggle. But in the moment of my struggle, in the moment of my sorrow, in the moment of my pain, even in the moment of my gladness, I can sing at the top of my lungs. I got the joy. I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. See, what God does is not impossible. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing impossible with God. If he did this creation, and i got to tell you, Juno is by far one of the, if not the most beautiful place that I've ever been. If God can create something so beautiful here, then what makes you think he can't do something in your life today? What makes you think that you are not special to him. If a sparrow is special to him, if a bird is special to him, if the very blades of grass out there, according to Matthew 6, if they are not special to him, what makes you think that you are not special to the Lord this morning? You are special to him. They tried to understand. They said, well, no, it can't happen. He can't arisen from the dead. It doesn't make sense. And see, that's how you know you're serving the Lord because it doesn't make sense. I'm going to tell you that right now. It doesn't make, until you commit to it and you go, oh, that makes sense. Isn't that weird? It's like, well, it doesn't make sense. But the moment you take that step of faith, it becomes all too real to you. Amen? It becomes real to you. He goes beyond our understanding. And the first thing that we have to understand is that the suffering that he did led to glory. Look at this verse. If you could bring it up, please, gentlemen. Luke 24, 26. He said to them, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? See, the problem is the disciples, a lot of the disciples, they, they envisioned Jesus to take over the Romans and to cast the Romans out, to cast off the oppression. They wanted them to cast off the impression of the Romans. They wanted to be free. They wanted to be a nation again. And they said, well, Jesus is a king. Well, surely I'm going to put one and two together. He's going to be the king right now. But that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't his plan. And the problem is some of you have plans that don't line up with God, and you get disappointed. Can I tell you, whatever plan you have this morning will fail? Thank you. Somebody agreed with me. Whatever plans you have this morning, they're not going to work, okay? Unless you have plans for lunch. That may work. It depends on what restaurant's open, okay? All right? Whatever plan you have, it's not going to work because there are plans. There are ways of doing things. God has a different way for everything, okay? And that's why some of you are frustrated this morning because you want things to work out your way. I can remember so many times telling God, okay, God, I want you to do it this way. 
And I could hear God going, oh, I'm changing it now. I remember, I never forget, and I can say this, and you guys think I'm going to get in trouble, but I won't because this is a common story. And my shoe just got untied, so we're going to have some issues here. One day I looked at this girl, and I said, okay, I'm going to marry this girl, and this is the girl. I'm going to marry her. And the Lord said, no. I said, but Lord, I want to marry her. And he goes, no. I have someone better. I said, but Lord, I want to marry her. And he goes, shut up and listen to me. He has to talk to me that way. And so to help me out, this girl dumped me. <laughs> right? But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to win her back. I'm going to win her back. And you know what she did? She changed her phone number. <laughs> and then at that same moment, I met Jenny. Because God has something better for me. Amen. And when I first met Jenny, I, I, we did, I was like, there was no, I don't want to say she was a beautiful, don't misunderstand me, but there was nothing there that I thought, oh, I want to be with her. We just didn't connect that way. But you know, the more I got to know her, the more I got to be around her, I thought, thank you, God. Because I know where that other girl is right now. I know what she's doing right now. And my, my thing is right now, I'm going to say, thank you, God. See, God had something better for me. He gave me so much more, amen? I love you, babe. I do. He gave me so much better, and I love her for it. She has put up with me through thick and thin. Brothers and sisters, she is a saint because she lives with me. And she can cook. <laughs> That's important, guys. Right? Right? It's, it's important. Listen, somebody in the marriage has got to cook, okay? It doesn't matter if it's the man or the woman. But thank God you don't want me cooking because I can burn water, okay? I can burn water. If you ask me to cook, I'm going to get my car keys and we're going to go to the restaurant. That's how I roll, okay? <laughs> and all of a sudden, when I want to go to the restaurant, all of a sudden, everybody wants to come with me. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you stay at home. Right? But I want to tell you this morning, when God has something for you, it's so much better, amen? And I don't know why, just like these disciples are trying to hold on to something that's not good for us. But in doing so, we also have to understand, when we go through life, we're going to have to suffer. We're going to have to suffer. we got too many preachers out there saying, oh, come to the Lord and name it, and you'll claim it, and you'll get this, this, and this. I'm going to tell you that's a lie from the devil. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that, okay? That is not in Scripture, no matter how much they affirm that it is. What I will tell you in Scripture is that Jesus suffered. And we are to be like Jesus, amen? And we have to understand, just like he suffered, just like he suffered, so we too will suffer. But some of us get caught up in that suffering, and we can't get our eyes back on Jesus. Why am I suffering? Why, God, why am I mad at you? You're making me suffer. And somewhere along the way, we prayed, oh, Lord, let me be like you. <laughs> Jesus said, okay, I want you to suffer. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it. I want the good stuff. I want the power of your resurrection, not the fellowship in your sufferings. Here's the thing. My wife and I will be married 23 years in July. 23 years. Now, I'm not sure if you're clapping for her or me. I'm not sure which. Her. Okay, that's fine. I get it. I get it. That's fine. I'm not mad at you. you she deserves it. We have not always had a rosy marriage. She's quite stubborn. You know the opposite is true, right? <laughs> it's me that is stubborn. Because some of I just lost you. You're like, I can't believe you said that. Listen, I'm not scared of you. I'm scared of her, okay? So I don't care what you think. But she's watched me. She's watched me lose jobs. You know what she told me when we were going through layoffs and we were going through financial trouble? She looked at me and she says, I love you. I love you. I'm here with you. We're in this together. We're going through some challenges right now in our family. 
some very difficult challenges, some very difficult decisions that we're having to face. And my wife looked at me. She says, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're, we're in this together. And I said, but honey, really, this isn't your situation. She goes, oh, don't ever say that again. We're one. This is our situation. We're together on this. And see, that's why, that's why I love her because she's willing to take on all my problems, right? And how much more, how much more is our Savior? How much more is our Savior willing to take on our problems? Brothers and sisters, we will not ever really know him unless we suffer with him. Amen? See, the times that we've gone through, my wife and I, we've suffered together. I, my love for her has actually grown. My appreciation for her has grown. See, if you have all good times, you won't really appreciate the one that you're with. But, man, when we go through those hard times, I look at her and say, man, there's nobody out there that is worth my time. Only her. Only her. Oh, but, see, I feel the same way about Jesus. When, when people try to come to me and say, hey, you need to do this. You need to worship this. You need to follow this. I think about the time that I was hurting so bad. And I, I didn't know if I want to live or not. And the Lord Jesus showed up in my life. And he said, I'm here and I'm comforting you. I remember the time when I, when I was financially bankrupt and I thought I was going to lose everything. The Lord showed up and he says, I'm going to be here with you and I'm going to walk you through this. I remember the time that we lost our first child. And the Lord was there with us during that time. He was there with us. He carried me. He became the God of all comfort. Amen. He became the God of all comfort. I remember the time when we went through trial after trial. We didn't know what was going to happen. And we suffered. And the Lord suffered along with us. So we think that God doesn't care when we suffer. I want you to know, if you read in the Old Testament, when, when the Israelites were not serving God, it, it grieved God when he had to discipline them. He cried along with the Israelites. He cried along. I believe if you read Psalms 134, it's a prayer of lament to God about weeping among the willows, the willow trees. God grieves with you when you suffer. But that suffering, that suffering that we go through when we become like Jesus, amen. That suffering that we go through when we become like Jesus, amen. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know this morning that he loves you and he's there with you. Jesus also understood the assignment. He was willing to pay the price for the sin of humanity. Matthew 17, 12 says this, But I say to you that Elijah has already come, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wish. Likewise, the Son of Man is about to suffer at their hands. See, if Jesus didn't suffer, he could not identify with us. I'm going to rattle off some scripture here. 2 Corinthians 13.4. For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we are also weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Hebrews 2.18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. See, I want you to hear this. Jesus can understand what you've gone through because he's been there. He suffered just like you've suffered. He was rejected by men. Hebrews 5.8, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Something amazing happens in the end part of this story because Jesus starts explaining to them about how the Christ was to suffer. And so what they did, they were so interested in this story. They were so interested because they sensed something about him. The scripture says they invited him in. Verse 28 and 29. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. See, that's where some of you need to be right now. You need to quit keeping Jesus at an arm's distance. You need to invite him in.
You need to invite them in. Oh, pastor, I go to church. I, didn't, I don't care whether you go to church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about relationship. Going to church is not going to get you to heaven. Okay? Going to church is not going to get you to heaven. What's going to get you to heaven is relationship. That's what gets you to heaven, okay? That's what gets you to heaven. And they said to the Lord, this is it. We want you to abide with us. That word abide is more than just a guest. And this is important. I want you to hear this. See, you ever been to someone's home and you feel like you don't really belong? Like you're a guest? You're there, but you don't really belong? There's certain parts of my house that I'm not allowed into. That's just because I'm male, okay? We have our guest towels. We have our formal guest towels. And then we have the towels that I'm never allowed to use. Apparently, one time of using a white towel to wipe off grease on your hands, you're forbidden forever to touch those things. But sometimes we can feel like a guest. But when you abide somewhere, you're not a guest anymore. You're family. When you abide with somebody, you're not a, you're not a guest anymore. You can go to the refrigerator and get some food out if you want to. Nobody's going to say anything, all right? I want you to know you come to my house, you can go to the food refrigerator if there's food in there. My son's coming home for the summer, and there may not be food in there when he comes home. My boy likes to eat. I don't know where it goes because he's super skinny, and I'm a little jealous of him, to be honest with you. But if you come to my house, you can turn on the TV, right? It better be on football, but you can turn on the TV, right? Unless the Seahawks are playing, we can't watch that. Oh, come on, you know that's true. <laughs> Amen. And especially if Ohio State is playing, we definitely don't watch that. Praise God. Amen. If you come to my house, I don't want you to be a guest. I want you to feel at home. I want you to feel comfortable. Amen. And that's what they were saying to Jesus. We want you to come in. We want you to be comfortable. We, we, don't, we don't really fully recognize yet who you are. But there's something about you. There's something about you. There's something about you that matters. We don't, we don't know what that is yet. We just know there's something there. Amen. And so they said, come on in. So that's the first thing. And as they, oh, hey, okay. Thank you, brother. Come here. Come here. Come here. Thank you for your service. Thank you. All right. Wasn't that the sweetest thing you've ever seen? I wanted to be funny and knight him, but I decided not to do that. I'm all a flux now. I don't know what to do. You know what I you notice I didn't stop him though, because that's an example of servanthood. A servanthood. Okay, thank you, Randy, for being that example. Amen. I love you for that. See, when you get to understand Jesus, you become who he was. Too many pastors think they're all that and three bags of chips. I say three bags because we're a little hefty sometimes. But you know what? Brothers and sisters, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I'm only a servant. And Randy demonstrated that of what being a servant is. We serve each other, amen? When we love each other, we care for each other. We, we realize... We realize that we're not here to puff me up because it's not about me. It's about relationship with Jesus. Amen? That's, that's who I want you to see today is Jesus. I want you to see Jesus. I don't want you to come to me and say, Pastor, because of you I know Jesus. Don't ever say that to me, please. I want you to say, because the Spirit of God, I know Jesus. It's the Spirit of God that talks to you. Amen? It's the Spirit of God because if you lift me up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail you. You'll hear something about me that you won't like and it'll disappoint you. I'm going to fail you. 
I know this is hard to believe, but I'm human. Don't don't amen too quickly. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. I love Colleen. She's hilarious. Amen. Every time I say something wrong, she goes, Jesus. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's how I know I'm wrong. This is the last thing I want to say. This is what they did. As Jesus came in, let's go ahead and start some music, please, if you don't mind. I know we were supposed to talk about that, and that's my fault. As they, as they invited him in, they realized, they realized that they needed to eat. So they, they broke bread with him. Listen to this right here. This is awesome. Randy, I think you cut the blood off in my foot. Or it's the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure which. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with you. Oh, man. Man, some of you need to sit down and eat. As he sat at the table with them, he took bread, and he blessed, and he broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened. And they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. See, they thought they had it all together. They called themselves disciples, yet they weren't. They were missing something. They were missing something, Dora. They were missing it. They didn't recognize Jesus. Isn't it amazing that we, we the only way we'd accept Jesus if, is if it agrees with what we think Jesus is? Well, Jesus, Jesus had to be white because I saw his picture. Jesus wasn't white. And you know what? It doesn't matter what color he was. To be honest with you, I just know that he wasn't white. What matters is that he was Jesus. That's all that matters. We get caught up on silly things, okay? We just care that he was Jesus, amen? It doesn't matter about all those other stuff. We need to focus on sitting at the table with him. See, some of you go, some of you go, well, I got, I got nothing to offer him. I got nothing. Oh, but you do. And here's the great thing is when you, when you give him what you have to offer, you know what he does? He breaks it and he blesses it and he gives it to somebody else. Amen? He breaks it, he blesses it, and he gives it to somebody else. Brothers and sisters, I stand before you right now, a broken man. A broken man. Things that I'm going through, some of you know about it, we've talked about it. Things that I'm going through are difficult for me to deal with and it's causing me to question some things in myself. But now I don't say that, that I've questioned Jesus. I just question myself sometimes. I know we've all been there. But I want to tell you this morning that I stand upon the Word of God and I believe who He is. Amen? Because this morning... At 5 a.m., 6 a.m., I went into my office at home, and I broke bread with him. I broke bread with him. He listened to me as I was sipping my coffee. I said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do today because I have all this other stuff on my mind. How am I going to do today? And he goes, you don't have to. I got it. I got it. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. Lord, no. Everybody who knows me knows that I am not perfect. Listen, I pull for the Carolina Panthers. I am not perfect. Right? I get that. But what I do know is the grace of the Lord. Everything I've said today is not to put you down. Okay? It's not to put you down. It's about understanding that there is an invitation right now. It's an invitation. And, and just like the prodigal son, See, the prodigal son 
had distanced himself from the father and he realized he needed to go back. And the prodigal son made up in his mind. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to make up a story. I'll be your slave. I'll be your servant. But the Bible says the father, the father sitting on his porch saw the son a long ways off. And he, when he rose up, he ran to him. Right now the Lord is running to some of you, amen. And, he's, and the son goes, the son goes, hey, dad, I'm, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the father dismissed it. He said, bring me a robe, put it on him. In other words, the Lord's going to clothe you today. Amen. He's going to clothe you today. Then he said, then he said, bring me a ring. That ring signifies your relationship with the family. This ring right here says, I am my wife and nobody else's. Amen. And I can't break that under, under the law. Amen. And that, that ring means something. And then he said, let's kill the fatted calf and have a celebration. Brothers and sisters, when you come into the Lord, there is a celebration. It's not about judgment. It's not about, you know, making you feel bad. It's about accepting what God has done in your life. Amen. See, the Lord calls. The Lord calls. He calls. When you accept the Lord's call, there's some things you need to do. The first is to be in church. Do you know why? Because we like to see you. Don't, don't wait 180 days or ever how long it is to Christmas. Come. You know what we're going to do when you come to church every day or every Sunday? We're going to say hi and welcome. You say, well, people are going to judge me. No, they won't. Listen, if you know the story of some people in this church, nobody's going to judge anybody, okay? we got some stories here. And then secondly, what you need to do is you need to read the Word of God. You need to be a part of something. Dining alone is not something that we need to do. We need to dine together. Next Sunday is our potluck fellowship, and I love it because we all get together, and I'm already putting in a request for fry bread. We all come together, and we love each other, and we have fun, and we joke. I love that fellowship with you. We need time together, amen? I want you to close your eyes and bow your head as you stand with me, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. The Lord is moving in somebody's heart right now. He's saying, you know I'm talking to you. How do you know the Lord's talking to you? Because the devil wouldn't say, get your act together and right with God. He would never say that. He would say the opposite. He would say, you don't need church. You don't need God. You can do this on your own. I've been saved for a long time, and I need God. I need God. If that's you this morning, am I talking to you? You need God in your life? Maybe you haven't been serving him the way you should? Nobody's looking, just me. Just me. Me and God. We're the only ones checking this out. But is that you this morning, that you need God in your life? Maybe you haven't been living for him the way that you should. This is what's called the invitation. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to dinner with the Father. I'm inviting you into fellowship with the Father. If that is you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you because nobody's looking. I want you to raise your hand across this place as I haven't been living the way that I should and I need to get right with God. I see one hand. I see two hands. I see three. Anybody else? Four, five, six. All across this place, people are raising their hands. Oh, thank you, God. Anybody else? Just simply raise your hand. If you raise your hand, you can put it down. I've seen you. Is there anybody else? Okay, I see you. I see you. We're going to all do this together, okay? And, and, and there's some people that say, well, they need to make a public 
you know, display of accepting Jesus. And my response to this, mind your business. We're going to do it the way the Lord wants it this morning, okay? Because I believe the public declaration is going to come. Right now, we need to focus on getting people into heaven. I want you to repeat. I want everybody to repeat after me. Everybody. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Help me to recognize you. Help me to see you. To not look back, but to look forward. Help me to dine with you. Help me to have a relationship with you. You are my God, my King, my Savior. You are God. Amen. I have no idea how many people gave their life to the Lord. No idea. Guess what? I don't mean this the wrong way, but don't care. That's between them and God. That's between them and God. Now listen, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little blunt here, okay? Because you know I can be blunt. Everybody smile at me. We love you, Pastor. Amen. Some of you didn't say it. I saw you. Thank you, honey. <laughs> My wife says she loved me. That's good enough. It's great that you gave your life to the Lord. But you need to be here every Sunday. You need to make this a priority. You need to say no to Sister Sheets and Brother Pillow. And come to church. You need to be here. Listen, you're only here for a couple hours. We're not asking a lot of you. But if he could give six hours on the cross, you can give him two hours on a Sunday. Okay? If he can give you three hours being beat with a cat of nine tails to where even his organs were exposed, you can give him two hours. Sounds like a fair deal to me. And when you're hurting, this is the perfect place to be perfect place. Now, as I said, we're going to take up our offering or for ushers. We'll go ahead and get a position. I'm going to bring Carlene up. She's going to pray over the service. She's simply going to say a dismissal prayer. And then as you leave, feel free to, feel free to, to, to greet one another. But as you leave, please give your tithe and offering. Because that's where we, we take care of the church. Amen. Pastor loves you. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.